Morning Liberty. Dude, did you see this article about um, Elon Musk? Like, did you see the video of all those satellites going up? That he, they did. I don't know if you actually saw the video or not. No, I didn't see the no? video. I did see yeah. the the article though. I saw the video, and it's like some a uh, someone who was uh, maybe like an astronomer or something like that was was watching, and while the satellites were still in their lower orbit, um, you saw this big long string of satellites going across the sky at night. It was crazy, like a big strand of That's satellites. Awesome. So he put um, he put sixty. In orbit, in orbit, okay. um, which is uh, down near New Mexico. So, and then uh, he shipped those up to space in orbit. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so they would go around the Earth instead. And um, so what they're going to do is they're going to provide broadband internet, like a really, really affordable broadband internet to places around the world. How fast? Uh, you know, I didn't see the speeds on here. I do not know what the speeds are going to be, but... You know, we started with dial-up internet anyway. Right. So, or even maybe there was something before dial-up that I don't know what it was, but it was just uh, banned. So there even no broad, not broad. So yeah. they're already they got a leg up. You know, right. when people get this. <laughs> so he put up sixty of them. It's going to take four hundred of them. Um, so it will have uh, minor coverage, and then he's got to get it up to eight hundred of them to have moderate coverage. So it's going to take a lot. A lot. Uh, he's actually got permission uh, from the FCC. Thank God, he's got permission from the FCC to to launch nearly twelve thousand of these satellites. You know what's crazy is that's probably cheaper than digging lines underground. Yeah, it's and pretty running good. fiber. Yeah, it it's it's really nuts and it's really cool because. Um, you know, it's, it's a really bad thing around the world. You think Africa, places in South America, all these, like, some of these countries that that are really poor, kind of some third world countries are just, uh, they don't have any internet. And that's one of their biggest things that they need, for sure, is information. It, yeah, I mean, that help, definitely helps development. The other problem, I think, would be power, too. You know, you go to, yeah. you, go to you know, like Somalia and places like that, um, or whatever nigeria the other places you were talking about even was it thailand right like yeah people use the power and then it just goes off yeah there's a like in in uh in bangkok actually even if you watched uh which one of the hangover movies was it where they went to bangkok it was it hangover two or three. three i don't know i know it was two wasn't it i don't know they, but they were over there and there were power outages all the time so that's actually kind of a, a common occurrence in places where uh the government provides power uh, so that's a whole other economic lesson right there, right. for sure. But um, the really cool part is that this could help a lot of people, a, a lot of people, and it's all really it's it's so he can make it's so he can make money. He right. he plans on bringing in a lot of money from this. What was it? Fifty billion? Yeah, it was. I think uh, was his projection. His projection is to bring in fifty billion a year in revenue, uh, and right now SpaceX is only bringing in three billion, but. The thing is, I mean, okay, he's going to make some money, but also everywhere around the world is going to have the opportunity to have the internet. Didn't he release like two years ago pricing plans for something like this? Uh, I don't know. I didn't see it. It was like 50 bucks a month for 100 megabytes a second or something like that. I don't know. The The cool part is uh, we've got some competition. Yes, that's the best part. This, yeah. is, this is what I love about capitalism the most. Yeah. Nate. So who, um, I know we had uh, Amazon. Uh, there's something called OneWeb, 
and Telesat, which I don't, I don't know who's running those, but um, most notably, I would say Amazon because Jeff Bezos has, has got the money to to send all of these things up there if, if he can, and and they're going to have to compete on who's going to provide the better service and the better price to places in the world that can't have internet right now. And what does that do for all of us? It helps everyone. Just makes it way yeah, better. <laughs> it helps everyone, everyone. So I pulled up this other uh, this other article because for years now, people have been talking about how what people around the world need is is access to uh, to the internet. So there's there's this article is uh, on a site called one.org. This is kind of they're trying to fight against extreme poverty. Um, I pulled up an article from 2015. And uh, he's talking about how we take we take our internet for granted, which we do. We we use it all the time. You know, it's on our phones, it's in our laptops, it's everywhere we go. There's some kind of internet connection here in the U.S. Unless you're in uh, Pulaski, Illinois, um, that's one of the places uh, that I think Elon Musk is was talking about helping. Right. Yeah. He was so, concerned about your dad. He was pretty concerned about that for sure. My family still cannot get internet at their house. How crazy is Don't that? Don't they use like their wife? Like uh, they use a Verizon hotspot. A hotspot. Yeah, yeah. Which has a is is um, throttled like after a certain amount right of gigs. So if you they can't, you know, my family can't like watch Netflix or anything. You know, it's just crazy. Isn't that crazy that they can't do that? I mean, that this is going to help all the third world states that we have. You know, it's going to help. Any any places like that, like Illinois, yeah, they so can't. That's a third world state. It yeah. Is. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, that they're talking about the one of the most important things uh, that we can do is get internet to people because it's going to help them with uh, just gain information. They're going to help help with education for children. You know, we we have all kinds of online classes. People, Think about how we learn stuff. Yeah. Every, you know? I mean, like everything that we've learned how to do. Hey, where did uh, you learn how to develop a website? on a website oh yeah wow. isn't that weird isn't that crazy yeah so you're currently learning um sql syntax aren't you i am yeah yeah i guess actually i mean you're kind of i mean you're past learning it you're getting pretty good at it yeah i kind of have the sql like the base knowledge now i need the uh the application and implementation of the knowledge right. now is where, I, where I'm at right now. For so. those that don't know, SQL is a standard query language. Yeah, I yeah. think it's there's a chance it's a structured query language. Right. But, well, I'm not sure. Could be could be either structured, <laughs> we'll standard. <laughs> it's, I say standard just because... It, like, everyone uses it? Like, 80% of all computer programs use, like, even your phone apps yeah. use SQL query. And that's because you have to be able to extract information out of a database to use that information that's stored. Uh, we won't go into deep dive about it, but it, if you want to learn about it, it's free on the internet or what you paid 10 bucks or something like that. 10 bucks a month for a code Academy. Yeah. Yeah. They just have a whole online class set up where you can use that. It's, it's really simple. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The stuff that you can learn. So this article projects, um, and this is no, I mean, we're not reading from some right wing organization here or anything. This is just a, a website dedicated to, eradicating extreme poverty uh, so they're talking about if we had internet all around the world that it would lift it would just having the internet would lift about 160 million people out of extreme poverty um, which is less than a dollar 90 a day yeah and then you UN standards it would help uh, definite improvements in health care for the lives of uh, 2.5 million people well, immediately you got WebMD. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have doctors that can read new information, things like that. This, right. is, this is one thing it was talking about was uh, uh, if there are medicine people, uh, any, any people uh, working in medicine that they can learn all of the new information. Um, uh, something as simple as a farmer right now not being able to know what the weather is going to be like for the rest of the week right now. So being able to plan your planting and harvesting around what the weather is going to be, which they can't get on the internet and check the weather. Think about that. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so what do they do? Like look at the sun being able to, I, I guess they just get as much done all the time. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be able to know what time it is finally. And, uh, they'll have, uh, they, they were talking about knowing prices for your, for your grains that you were, uh, because prices dictate what we produce Mm -hmm. all the time. So, uh, since they don't know what the prices are, they will continue producing the same thing all year, but not know that we don't need that. We have, we're paying a really low price for it right now. Whoever whoever we are is paying a really low price. And if you could say, well, the price is high on corn. on on corn or soybeans, it'd be better to just grow that instead of barley all the time. You know, yeah. so so many things. Uh, I was talking about how it would help. It would help women because uh, you know women have even if the poor if the poor nations uh, have no information the the women are the most the highest among those right uh, among those people so it would it would disproportionately affect women in a positive way if there was uh, some kind of some kind of information out there for you whatever it was it's just a good it's little things that we don't think about right now. Things well, about the world that, that we know that other people don't. That's crazy. I was at a dinner last night and we were talking about traveling to different countries and stuff. And uh, one of the guys was talking about either his cousin or his brother. I can't remember exactly, but he was traveling to um, it was either India, like a remote part of India or somewhere out there in East Asia. And he was talking about how he's uh, his brother or his cousin. I can't remember uh, contracted like some parasites and stuff like that is yeah. freaking me out. We don't even think about that kind of no. stuff in America, you know, or no. like the most of the Western world. And I mentioned, I was at the table and I was like, I know it's Sunday night. We're enjoying ourselves on this Memorial holiday weekend. I don't really want to get into politics. I mean, I do, but, <laughs> but I let the table know, like we don't have to discuss politics, but thank God for capitalism. <laughs> like we don't have that, that stuff freaks me out. Yeah. I mean, there was one story and I'm sorry to mention this, but there was one story that this guy had this worm like come out of his nose and go back in and they had to have the doctors remove it. And I would just freaked me out. I just felt my skin crawl everywhere. Yeah, I don't like that. No, not a fan. It's like, could you imagine? And then they have like these flies that burrow in your skin and lay eggs and stuff. It's just weird, weird stuff that I guess I bet you the Internet could solve a lot of those problems for those people. Speaking of uh, thanking God for capitalism, this this person got on our Instagram and uh, basically, someone got on got on there and hashtag F capitalism. Oh. There were letters after F. Okay. Before capitalism, too. Like duck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah without the D. Truck? Yes. Without the TR? Yes. Okay. Yeah, w- but with an F okay. in the front of those. So, I just responded back and said, what has capitalism done to you? And this person said... Basically nothing. They said they've been given a pretty good life because of capitalism. They're well within the top 1%. Uh, They went to a very good university. 
said the the problem they have with capitalism wasn't how it had treated him, um, but their problem is what it's done to the planet and the people who live on it, which part of that I think is like a preposterous statement, you know, what it's done to the people that live on it. I wouldn't say that capitalism uh, all in all has made the lives of human beings worse no over the last couple hundred years at least the evidence doesn't show that i don't see any evidence for that so so i said i i understand part of that i'd argue that uh, the standard of living for a human being is far better in 2019 than it was in 1819 like you're when you say like what it's done to people around the world what can you look at around the world and say this would be better than if capitalism would have ever been a thing right you know if we would have never let people freely interact with one another and exchange value with each other you know what this would be better so so i said the standard of living is a lot better now in 2019 than it was in 1819 uh i do think you could argue that there has been a negative environmental impact if capitalism would have never been here true yeah so because you know there would have been less humans a lot of people would have died by now um we probably wouldn't have ballooned up to almost 7 billion people. And um, the plastic, and the, all of those things that we've done, you know, right. deforestation, even though I, th- I think they're saying now that there's actually more, there's more trees now than there were a couple in, hundred years ago. In North America, there's more trees now than there were a hundred years ago. Yeah. So, well, okay. But so you, this is, there's trade offs. Yeah. Right. The one thing people have to remember is there's no utopia. It doesn't exist. The The universe is always changing. Like we're moving at like, I don't remember, 500,000 miles an hour throughout our universe. There's all kinds of changes happening constantly. And we're just a small part of that. And we have a huge planetary effect on the environment. But at the same time, it's a trade-off. Because, so it's like, okay, well, does coal, does burning coal, coal-fired plants, that produce electricity that we have almost 24 seven. And like when my power goes off, my com- the my power company texts me like, Hey, we're going to get it back on for you in 10 minutes. And they usually do it in about seven, which is crazy. So we burn coal for that. But here's the other thing. I know there's some nuclear power and stuff like that. What's the alternative? We burn a bunch of trees. Is that better? Cause that's what we used yeah. to do. I mean, people burn trees all the time for heat and, and light and yeah, things like that. People- so there's, there's what I'm trying to say is there's trade-offs and as we keep advancing as a society, I think capitalism has done like the most amazing things for the environment almost because I just read an article the other day, Kroger in 2020, I think the first, the largest grocery store chain in the United States just announced they're going to stop using plastic bags. I saw that no government mandate, no fiat, no bureaucrat demanding that it will single-handedly make that my least favorite grocery store to get a lot of groceries really for sure (laughs) yeah man you know i mean everyone knows this like i think the damage to the oceans is a lot more realistic than let's say like the atmosphere climate change models because we are overfishing there are there's uh, ocean acidification you can tell the coral reefs are dying like this real hard evidence that you can't really refute Versus like the atmosphere models that are so wrong, you can't actually pinpoint what's happening. But even that, the coral reefs are dying in comparison 
to the last couple hundred years, which is nothing right. of time that we've True. been, that the, that Earth has been here. True. It's not settled. I'm not yeah. saying it's settled. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying the evidence is a lot, it's a lot more clear. And, and so I, I think with the trade-offs, I think what a lot of people forget is uh, this is all just, to me, it's a big stepping stone to whatever's next. Like, yeah, burning coal and, and using oil and all that was, is, is, obviously not the best thing for the environment probably an overall negative but would we have ever would we have ever created solar or wind power the things that we need to build the solar panels the things that we need to create the windmills and all that how how do we get to the point that we could build those things so uh, if we look at this in the grand scheme of time like a thousand years from now we're like oh yeah Oh yeah, for the, like that 150 years right there, they had they had to burn a bunch of stuff, and that's what got them on to to the new to the new energy a little bit. Like, how else were they going to do it? You right. know. So I still see that as an overall negative. And then what I said to this person was, um, w- we've done some bad things to the environment, but even scientists and I mean, we even went to a science center this weekend, which is what kind of made me think about this. But um, more than likely, the the last earth shattering event literally was a was an asteroid impact you know maybe like 65 million years ago and we've had we've had other ones too and those are the things that have actually changed the entire planet killed off everything that was on it almost and uh, and made it restart uh so we, the, we went to the planetarium and yeah. we watched yeah so we watched the thing on asteroids and a show so, it was a show called incoming yeah yeah um and so i think if you're thinking about a total planet destroying thing over the scheme of uh, thousands and thousands of years to millions of years, one of the biggest dangers is actually just that we get hit by another asteroid. Like that, that's to me one of the more likely things that, that would happen, especially seeing how many of them there are out there. Holy or crap. like what if five volcanoes erupted at the same time? Yeah. So what I said uh, was, that without capitalism and without everything that we've created, like in doing this, we've created the first ever species that could save itself if necessary. You know, not that we can go arm, you know, Armageddon and, and crawl around on the asteroid and, and uh, you Why know, not? blow it up with a nuclear bomb. Maybe right. we can't. Yeah. I don't know. We just got to find the best um, driller. But we, that's the problem, right. you know, is whether or not. But we hate oil companies. Yeah. So we <laughs> still took an oil driller to save the world. <laughs> I know. You know? So, so that's good. Wow. We're in a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> so we better let them keep training up. Honestly. I know. They need to keep researching and developing <laughs> all the drilling. <laughs> so, uh, so basically what I was saying is if our if the biggest actual planetary threat that could actually destroy everything is an asteroid, then we've created the only way to detect it and to have a possibility of destroying it or, or, you know, doing something to it, changing its course, whatever those things are. I know that's all, you know, sci-fi kind of stuff, but I mean, to your point, the only way that we've been able to create it is through capitalism. Yeah. Through all the, let's say, all the terrible things that we've done, let's let's just go ahead and assume they're all terrible, which they're not. But let's just play devil's advocate here. Everything we've done to the planet is horrible. But then it allowed us to have the development that we did to create nuclear weapons or things like that that can actually deter a meteor coming in or an asteroid coming in 
and we could maybe Armageddon it, or we could at least throw it throw it off its course or something like that. Yeah, to where we could actually save ourselves from massive catastrophe. It's this whole building block thing that's like, you know, right now, yeah, for two hundred years we burned coal and oil, and it was bad for the atmosphere, but it allowed Elon Musk to have the capital necessary. Um, we we invented the internet. All the major advances that we've had in the last 200 years, thanks to capitalism, we've been able to create all these things to where now we have Tesla, which are better cars than gas powered cars. Yeah. And every day the price is coming down on those types of things. It's like, so eventually maybe we'll all have electric cars now. Yeah. Of course, you got to burn coal to get the electric. So that's yeah. all, it's a trade off still. But, but, you know, I used to be like the ultimate climate change denier. I posted this thing that said, um, it's okay to um, basically what it said is it's okay to admit that you've changed positions on things. Mm-hmm. And I used to be a staunch like climate, I guess you would say climate denier, maybe global warming denier. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm still not, I'm not at the catastrophe level. I'll never be there. But Elon Musk said something that actually changed my mind because he made it really simple. He made it really simple on Joe Rogan's show. Elon Musk said, because he, he, Joe Rogan asked him, like, is this our greatest catastrophe facing mankind? And he basically was like, no. He said, but th- there is something wrong with taking carbon out of the ground, which is oil or coal, mm-hmm. and we're burning it, we're vaporizing it, and we're sending it into the atmosphere. So we're yeah. transferring it from the ground to the atmosphere, and we have no way to get it out of the atmosphere and back into the ground right yeah. now. Like we could develop that thanks to capitalism. There could be a way we could take the carbon back out. There are people that are working on things like that. But now that simplest explanation, we are we're moving matter of one form and we're converting it to another and we're sending it somewhere else. And we don't know the 100 percent effects of that. But that is something that is happening. Now, Now, that in no way means that the government should take more of our money and try to stop. Absolutely. At all. Yes. No way. That, that has nothing to do with that at all. And it's like, you know, I, I hear these arguments. Uh, Jordan, Peterson says something, Jordan Peterson says something I really like where he says, make friends with what you don't know. And that's one thing like I can say I don't know much about. Um, I'm definitely not an alarmist and I don't think the world's going to end in 12 years like AOC and BS and all those people. Yeah. Um, but there is something to be said about transferring that yeah. carbon and I think the best way to solve that is capitalism. Yeah. It's absolutely. literally the best way. The guy, people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos having a lot of money is a good thing. It's absolutely. It's better than the government having a lot yes. of money. For sure. Yes. Because yeah. not only can they develop it, they do it efficiently and they can do it while making a profit. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. Which somehow in our society we've been uh, taught indoctrinated almost to to think that profit is a bad thing but it's absolutely not well the government does it and operates at a loss yeah and they still spend more money right but somehow because i guess that they didn't profit technically the fact that they spent more money and did less of a change you know they change less things they they did not invent they did not innovate like elon musk has at all you know what's weird is they actually do profit Oh, they do. Uh, because, you know, Bernie Sanders, BS, who hasn't done anything his whole life, is now, like, what, worth $2 million. Yeah. Most of your representatives and senators and everything in Congress are all worth millions of dollars now. 
and they all make 174,000 or 220,000 yeah. a year. And somehow they're all worth, I guarantee you AOC is going to be worth a couple million oh, pretty yeah. soon. She'll write a book. She'll get uh, some more uh, royalties yeah. from stuff like what went on Netflix talking about her and the other, uh, other women that went into Congress over the last, uh, over the last year or so. What was yeah. That? Yeah. What was that called? I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember. I, I specifically told Netflix that I did not want that on there because I, I really didn't want to cancel Netflix. I was honestly shocked though. They put one woman on there who was a conservative. Who, oh yeah. Yeah. She was fighting for coal, but she hmm. was still a woman who won. Okay. And uh, I was actually shocked that they would put that on there, but that was only one story. The rest were all yeah. super liberal. Yeah. I did not watch that. So but, I didn't want to have to call the person whose Netflix account I'm stealing from and ask them to cancel because <laughs> that would have, you know, that yeah, would have been awkward. Right. For so sure. you just said, do not show. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good feature. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I told them I wanted, I did not want to see stuff like that at but all. With all these congressmen making a lot of money, it brings up a good point that Politico is definitely an anti-Semitic. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, organization. you even spewed some anti-Semitism just Did, a second ago. With when, BS when being you, worth money. Yeah, yeah, when you mentioned a, that Bernie Sanders was worth $2 million. Yeah, it's obviously because you hate Jews. Right. Obviously. Because he's the only Jewish political guy running the for only, president. The only one. And so the only way to really get at him is to make the Jew joke yeah. about money. So, Which a lot of Jews do have a lot of money. So, <laughs> so Politico, you know, as liberal as they might be, are... It, it looks like they've kind of decided they need to take down Bernie Sanders and get his supporters over to, I don't know, Joe Biden, someone else. Who else is they Politico, want them to go to? Is that a so, liberal organization? I, I, well, they're not technically a liberal organization, but their their news articles suggest that they lean left. Gotcha. For, for sure. Um, but but so, they have an agenda. Everybody's got an they agenda. They seem to have an agenda because now they've released a couple things talking about how Bernie Sanders is worth a lot of money and some, you know. Some well, artistic. we want to take down BS too. Yeah, we do well, because we hate Jews. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's <laughs> no. clar- let's clarify that <laughs> yeah. because you could, we definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> that could be cut and taken out of context yes. and uh, and and get us a lot of follows for sure. <laughs> so, um, if you want to cut that out and if post we were, it around, if we were in Britain, we'd go to jail like, yeah. like Count Count Dankula. We could get blocked. On uh, on all the uh, oh yeah from Apple and Facebook actually yeah. so we'll see we'll see what happens I'm not gonna edit it it's yeah. free speech just release under a new name after right. that no problem and Good. we it's clear that it was a joke yeah yeah um so they released this thing talking about how Bernie Sanders has multiple homes he's worth a couple million dollars and the liberals are jumping on Politico now saying that this is obvious anti-Semitism well they crudely pasted his face in between two homes yeah. Crudely, <laughs> crudely. Looks awesome. And then they put him obviously underneath a money tree, which is what, to my understanding, is the kind of orchard he must have grown up in, right. for sure. But he, um, he obviously is worth some money. He's got some. He's got some houses. I think there's a, a hypocrisy for sure when you take someone who laughingly said, "Well, if you want to write a best-selling book, you can be a millionaire too." I mean. Yeah, hey, if you want to create something that a lot of people want, you can be a millionaire, haha. That's but we should all be socialists. That's the American dream. Yeah, I mean, create something that adds value to other people's lives, and you can be a millionaire. Right. That's that's what he's saying. So he's using capitalism to sell socialism. Absolutely, it's unbelievable. It's it's, it's crazy. <laughs> so that in this continued alternate reality that that liberals and and some conservatives just keep creating all the time. 
um, they've now made it to where if you attack Bernie Sanders based uh, based on his money um, and maybe uh, on anything, we'll see how far this goes. That it's obviously anti-Semitism because he's a Jew and you're just anti-Semitic. Right. So you no longer can attack him based on obviously true things. It just blows my mind. Yeah. It's just, and you have what AOC coming out with a Twitter post. Yeah. yeah. Saying clearly Politico is anti-Semitic. Yeah. And that, uh, what else did she say? Oh, because he's the only, yeah. he's the only Jew running uh, for president. So we're, it must be, uh, what is, you know, we talked about this, but it's like literally people try to boil things down to, uh, group fighting basically tribalism. Exactly. It's like, well, okay. It doesn't matter what Bernie's policies are because he's a Jew. Then if you disagree with him, then obviously you hate Jews. Yeah. It's so weird. It's just so weird to me that you can't fundamentally disagree with people, especially when they have murderous ideas. Yeah. Well, like historically murderous hundred million plus people. And we've seen this, how many bodies do you need? Which they're now uh, they're pushing um, that that is a complete lie, by the way, that hundred really? million people under communism and socialism, that that's uh, apparently a complete lie. That's just been made up by the capitalists to make you hate communism. Oh, OK, so well, um, the actually capitalism, they're saying, has killed more people than socialism and communism. Oh, my God. Literally just Who's like saying this? insanity. But uh, just. Just people, uh, there's all kinds of YouTube videos about how it's all made up. And and uh, when you get on some of these posts, some of these things on Facebook and, and post about it, that, I mean, if you say, if you mention, if you mention that there's 100 million people accounted for in deaths under socialism and communism, they'll start to laugh you off. It's like whenever you start talking about Venezuela, they're, they their heads explode and they're like, oh my God, he's... Ha ha, he's bringing up Venezuela again. Here we go. Everyone just talks about Venezuela. And they you know, don't want to have an actual like, discussion no, they about can't. it. They've written off these things that you, like now, that wasn't that wasn't socialism or communism. That was just be- brutal dictators, b- brutal regimes. So this is you know? like the epitome of, of history repeating itself. It's because, everything, yeah. Yeah, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who wrote the Gulag Archipelago, he was asked, like, how did the communist state of Russia become the communist state of Russia. And you know what his answer was? Mm-mm. It started with a lie. Yeah. It was a, it was a lie. And that's exactly what this is. It sounds like it they're, remi- just, they're just literally lying. It reminds me, I'm reading the, the, the road to serfdom right now by uh, F a Hayek. And yeah. I was telling you the other day, it's, it's scary because I, it sounds like it's a book that just came out and you could replace you know, you could replace some of the World War II references with references from today, and everything he's saying just lines perfectly up. It's it's crazy. It's like almost nothing. We don't ever learn. Yeah, people get this idea in their head. Well, actually, uh, what Peterson said or, or Nietzsche, somebody said, maybe Young, that uh, ideas have people. People don't have ideas. Hmm. And so you have this. If you look at the landscape today, let's say from the the ideological left, the political left, um, the Marxist, if you will, that still believe that capitalism is evil and it's a, a patriarchy that needs to be destroyed. Um, that it's like these, the idea grabs a hold of the person and the person can't, doesn't know what else to do. They're like a puppet. Yeah. You know, their, their strings are being drawn by the idea 
and they can't rationalize and think through like what would happen. Like, to be honest with you, if communism was a better system, I would be all for it. Yeah. Like I really would. I, I love helping people. Well, I think helping people should be your number one duty. It should be something that like gives your life meaning. Yeah. Right. But what's the best way to help people? Well, that's the it's, question. It's to rely on the government to do it for you. Yeah. And that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did a little bit of math last night and cause I was thinking, you know, a lot of the socialism is kind of worker owned industries, you know, it is belongs ma- to the worker. Well, first of all, the, is math just a byproduct of uh, patriarchal capitalism? Oh yeah. So does it even exist? It's all made up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Facts don't matter. Right. I've literally seen people post that before. Right. So, um, I was doing a little bit of math last night and, um, so socialism, you think, uh, oh, the workers will own the means of production. You know, that's, that's the best way to do it. Well, then, then do it. There's no one stopping anyone from banding a hundred thousand people together and they all pulling their money together and creating some kind of industry, whatever that there's literally nothing. There's stopping no rules anyone. against that. No if rules. you're going to be able, first off the, the evil capitalists are price gouging. So that means you'll be able to have a cheaper product. And um, everyone will be happier working for you. So more people will gravitate towards working for you because you'll pay more money. So there's nothing stopping anyone from doing this. And I was looking at it in the context of Uber uh, last night because I was looking over their financials. Um, There's 3.9 million people who drive off and on for Uber. 3.9 million. That's more employees than Walmart. It's crazy. Now that's worldwide, but it is still more than employees than Walmart. Yeah. So um, if those people thought that they could create an app and make more money and do it better, then they should all just kick in about 500 bucks and start an app. And then they would just have a nice worker-owned driving app. They can't do it. You can't do it without appointing people to be in charge of the decisions. And you're not going to appoint people to be in charge of the decisions that aren't going to want a little bit more money for all of the extra responsibility that that goes into doing that um so i was just i was looking into this and i i you know i i've driven for uber off and on all you know since they came into nashville and i'm in these groups on facebook and they're all talking about how how evil this uh this capitalist company is that's given them the ability to make 20 30 bucks an hour whenever they want to with no schedule that they have to keep whatsoever no boss you know no boss that you have a few rules yeah there's a couple rules that's that's all you got to do be a normal person be a safe driver um so i was just thinking okay well no one's stopping them from doing it who's gonna who's going to do that like okay someone becomes a socialist president well we're still talking about workers owning the production so who's like why aren't they already grouping together and creating this right because that's literally not possible it's never going to happen because they're not going to go put in that money and then not have some kind of guaranteed return back from it that's that's the problem they're not just going to put money together and then just leave it up to whatever happens and and then maybe they're never going to get their money back that's that's what capitalism does it it creates um, a return for risk that you take on on building things like this. So that's why th- you get people who will put a billion dollars into a new company 
um, because they're hoping to make more because than they're a hoping million. to make more than a billion back, and they're going to control the business decisions of that company, and they're going to try to make a return that was worth them risking a billion dollars when they when they did it. So it's got to be a decent return off of that too, because that's a lot of money to risk. You've always said a great thing, and uh, probably you're probably going to write an article about this. I bet, but. A couple of years ago, you came up with this slogan that I like a lot where you said, everyone's always willing to share in the profits, but they're never willing to share in the losses. Yeah. that's And a, that's what happens with business. You have profits and you have losses and you have to account for when are those losses going to take place and how do I stay afloat? Because in business, you're not guaranteed a weekly paycheck or a bi-weekly paycheck. You don't get benefits. None of that's guaranteed to you. You're literally saying I'm risking everything. So a lot of people take out another mortgage on their house. They borrow mm-hmm. money. They do all this thing for a dream and no one wants to be, no one wants to be there for the grind. Mm-mm. Like when it's, when you're working 18 hours a day or 20 hours a day and you're not sleeping much and you've got all this overhead and you've borrowed a hundred grand, you don't know how you got two employees and you don't know how you're going to pay them and you're, you're losing sleep and something goes wrong and you suffer a $50,000 loss and you have to eat the whole thing because you still got to pay your employees. And all of this is going on when the company's starting out and no one wants a part of that. Why? Because it's really hard. But you make a little bit of money, everybody wants a piece of it. Yeah, they that's it's very infuriating. I had a personal thing happen um, that uh, was very infuriating and eye-opening with I. At the time in my life where I was trying to, I was starting a construction company and I was I was running, technically running a construction company with a friend, um, flipped a, a lot of houses in Nashville. Um, I was working 20 hours a day, 19, 20 hours a day, um, several times sleeping either in the house I was working on uh, that was unoccupied or sleeping in the van in the, in the driveway outside the house sometimes, the work van. And during that time when I was working so much that I would sleep in the van outside the house sometimes, uh, I had an employee steal every single one of my tools um, and all the money out of our bank account because he found out how much money we got paid on some of the items. And uh, and he decided that he was just going to take everything. I literally sent him on a supply run one day, gave him my car because he worked for us for months and months, said, hey, go grab this, cleaned out cleaned out the uh, bank account, stole all of our tools. Um, at the time where I was working so much that I was sleeping in the upright chair in the van because I needed to try and get, you know, get the business going. And so that was, this was before you got married and I don't know how, yeah. I don't know how your wife stuck with you. Yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how she did at all because I was gone. I mean, you know, too, being my friend, right. I was working seven days a week. Yep. And I was working 19, 20 hours a day. You're a really bad friend. I did that. I know. I was a terrible friend at that time. <laughs> I didn't go see my family very much. I didn't do. I didn't do very much at all. I was trying to pay off some debt that I had, um, and I was trying to build up a construction company. So I was working however many hours a week that is, 140, 130 mm-hmm. hours a week. And uh, so during that time, I got robbed because uh, we were paying our employee. I don't know about. 15 bucks an hour, something like that. He got to come and go as he pleased. That was a fair didn't wage. Have, didn't have for sure hours that he, and he didn't have a lot of skills either was the thing. Like he, if he would have came in and been where we didn't have to show him how to do almost everything, then we, we started people off at 20 an hour a lot of times. 
Um, so he was at 15 uh, while we were still training him, and he saw that uh, we got paid 300 bucks to pressure wash a house one time, and I paid him hourly to do it. it was the thing. It took him about four hours. So uh, he got mad about that and, and took everything. So uh, that's and that's kind of the mentality that that is in this. That but we went over that a pressure washer costs four hundred dollars. Yeah, I know. So so it's like is he gonna and, and how much is the van? The van's at least ten grand. Exactly. Probably more. And so then you got gas. You got all this stuff. We had business cards, a website. We had a corporation set up. We had we had all this stuff and all then, these expenses. Yeah. And then okay, yeah, we got we got paid three hundred bucks to pressure wash a house. Uh, also, there's a. And you we get the pressure still lost washer, money. and then you have to get like a better hose for it because the one that comes with it, uh, you have to get a an extension wand that goes up to twenty two feet. You have to get a a deck a hard surface washer that costs about a hundred bucks. Uh, all these things to go do a house. You've got like you've got like a thousand dollars. You got like a thousand dollars in investment when someone when you go to pressure wash a house, and all of those things could break while you're doing that house, and you have to just rebuy all of them. Right. You know, and then you got to pay taxes at the end of the day off the money you got paid. So, uh, and then this guy was just upset with the with the extremely fair wage that he was getting paid. So uh, it's that mentality of you don't want to be involved in the risk of owning the business. That's why you don't own a business uh, because you didn't you did not want to or did not have the ability to risk that money. And so the people who did risk the money. Um, you've decided that uh, you're not happy with what they're getting in return for risking all those things that you couldn't risk. Right. It's, it's crazy to me, this mentality. Now, do you have a construction business worth like a billion dollars now? I don't. Oh, no. what happened? Well, you want to know the uh, the crazy thing is. So you did all, you spent all this time, took all this yeah. risk and it didn't work out. I flipped 215 houses in Nashville. Um, business is closed, closed up shop. Is now, Done. now who was there? The government bailed you out for that, right? Uh, no, no, no. Oh. We still uh, owe them taxes. Probably. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I must be super wealthy, right, well, <laughs> for yeah. doing that. I mean, how much greed do you have? Um, almost all of it, <laughs> I would say. Uh, this is the thing that people don't understand. You and I have had many failed adventures. Yeah. Uh, from music, businesses. Oh, and by the way, the failure on the on account of the construction company was that I went through over 25 employees, always starting at least 15 an hour, some people making a lot more than that, and could never get people to stop robbing me or to take an advantage. To quit as soon as what happens is you give them a paycheck, you give them their $1,000 on the week that they just made that they've never made doing anything because we were being super fair, and then they wouldn't show up to work for another couple weeks after that because they got the money in the bank account and they don't wanna work anymore. Right. So it's, we went through uh, almost 30 employees doing that. And I just had to decide I wasn't going to, I didn't want to work 20 hours a day because I couldn't find employees anymore. Right. So I had to get on something else. I say that like, it's kind of, it's not a knock on people whose businesses has failed because a lot of businesses fail. I make that as a point to say, you can take all the risk. You can literally put your life on the line, all the, all your money, everything like that. And it can still fail. Yeah. And guess who, guess who that all falls on you and people, most people aren't willing to accept that or take that kind of risk. Yeah. And that's why when your business finally does succeed, like the business Nate and I have now <clears throat> together, cause we're doing it together. 
That's probably why. Yeah. When it does <laughs> finally succeed and you make a little bit of money, like what about the 10 plus years you and I have spent failing basically? Yeah. Who's going to compensate for that? No one ever takes that into account. No. Why, why doesn't anybody give me a guaranteed, you know, fair wage for that time that I've spent like literally, you know, one, one day on Thanksgiving, I was in Rhinelander, Wisconsin with about a foot of snow on the ground, eating ramen noodles out of a styrofoam cup because of, <laughs> because of a dream Yeah. on Thanksgiving. I wasn't with my family. I was in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. I'll never forget that day. Yeah. That was a big day. Turning point. No one, you know, bought me food or guaranteed my salary or existence, but I was willing to put in the risk because well, I was really important to risk the time, and the money, because I want something more out of life than just a paycheck, right? They're coming again. Are they showing up? Are they yeah. coming? Is somebody jamming. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I used to do that. But but it's like no one ever thinks about that part of it. And, you know, you see people like Jeff Bezos, you know, worth whatever a hundred thousand billion dollars now which would be (laughs) right around that that's 10 trillion and a hundred thousand billion um i don't know how many billion that would be but it's a lot trillion i mean if you look at amazon 17 years ago um jeff bezos was packing his own stuff in his in a garage on the floor on the floor and he had this idea we talked about this um a long time ago you and i Nate, yeah. it's a cool story. And he had that, what, what he had this idea of, uh, getting, hey, well, knee pads. He, yeah, he was working. It was like 1am and he yeah. had a, an employee working with him and he like had this, this, uh, epiphany. It's like, you know what? We should get some knee pads. Right. Yeah. And then the employee is yeah, like, well, why don't we get a table? Yeah. His employee <laughs> was like, no, up. we should, we should get a table. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no one, no one wanted to share in that with him. But now that they all want to share the billions now, yeah. the, the empire that he's built, yeah. which they are sharing it also, oh, yes. by the way, because everyone has benefited because if whatever money Jeff Bezos has, which is not whatever he's worth, by the way, we do, do a whole podcast on the difference between what you the money you actually have and then the money the that they say you're worth. They're two very different figures yes. for sure. But whatever money Jeff Bezos has only came to him because he provided more value than that amount of money. That's the that's the really great thing about capitalism, free market capitalism, not government controlled capitalism, crony capitalism, anything like that. Free market capitalism says you will only give someone money a dollar because they're giving you something that you value more than that dollar, meaning any money that Jeff Bezos has is a representation of the amount of value he has provided for other people or, right. or he wouldn't have the money. It would have been, it would be theft. It would be the money the government has. Well, people don't think about this. Like how much would you actually pay for running water? Like we've been so used to running water now. It's almost like a guaranteed thing, but I think I pay the water company. Of course it's the city, but even if it wasn't like 30 bucks a month or something like that, it's like, yeah. which is nothing in the grand scheme of like trying to live without running water. Yeah. You know, like how much would you actually, like I would pay a lot more. I pay think. a lot. That goes back to our, you know, our priorities as far as, you know, like we did the thing on healthcare and priorities. Right. How much would you pay versus how much your car costs? How much would you pay for someone to 
uh, save your entire life with some kind of procedure. Right. It's more valuable than your car, for sure. Right. It's probably more valuable than your house. But people don't think about the transaction like that. Yeah. They don't. They're just like, we've gotten so used. Let me use this word. We've gotten so privileged. Yeah. To a lot of these things that we don't realize if they were, if we look at the transaction of say 30, okay, what can I do with $30? Like, oh, I can have running water in my house. Yeah. Like, is that worth, what I'm saying is, is that that those $30 is worth a lot less to me than to have running water for a whole month, a whole month, like shower every day do laundry in these magic machines, <laughs> these space machines, wash my have. hands, flush my toilet. So that my house doesn't stink. Yeah. All these like wash your dishes. It's unbelievable. You know, you go to places like Djibouti and, and places that we've been to around the world and they don't, they don't even have clean water. No, like, let they don't have water. Running. They, they don't they, have water. I got begged for water while yeah. I was in Djibouti. Just water. Yeah. They Not money. No. It's like we take these things for granted. Like, yeah. Have a little perspective. And that's the whole value transaction thing we're talking about. Like, obviously, you like your Frappuccino more than you like five bucks because you go and give Starbucks your five dollars and some change to drink a drink that lasts for 30 minutes. Yeah. It's delicious. It's a pretty crazy value system we have right, right now. And that, that's everything that happens in life is like that. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good episode. I think. I think we covered life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. I feel like all in that episode. Maybe. Yeah. We so, never really introduced ourselves. The, <laughs> this is good morning. Liberty podcast. I'm yeah. Charlie and I'm Nate and I'm Nate. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm Nate. I'm Nate. Well, if you're Nate, how you're am I Charlie? Nate? That's true. Good point. I never <laughs> thought of it that way. Right. Nothing yeah. wrong with silver. Nothing <laughs> wrong. Just bury it deep down. <laughs> Never bring, bring it, it up, up again. again. All right. We'll be back. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening. <laughs> Latest on the Minji.